Greetings, friends, and Happy New Year. This is I Think Speech, and I'm Hazel Archer Ginsburg. And here we are, 2023, the year of we, right? <laughs> and yes, we are at Epiphany. This is the last of the Holy Nights, January 6th, 2023. It's also the full wolf moon today, so a lot of powerful energies in the air. But these holy nights, always a very potent time out of time, where we can really tune in to what has been inscribed in the starry script from when the Christ left the Godhead and made his way through the nine hierarchies, through all of the constellations, starting with Aries, the ram, the mystic lamb, moving through, moving down into the feet of Pisces. And that is commemorated through the baptism that gives us the baptism in the Jordan, the incarnation of Christ on earth, which is what Epiphany celebrates. We can also take the journey from the feet to the head, right? We can take the journey from Jesus to Christ and make our way that way during these holy nights, traversing up through the constellations to arrive at the mystic lamb. It also gives us an opportunity to look at our own biography, to look back at the past year. What was it like for you in 2022? And what's calling you from the future? Always a potent time, but this year, especially these holy nights, because 100 years ago, during the holy nights on New Year's Eve, a fire burnt the temple down. The house of the word, the Johannes bow, became a burnt offering. And so we can think back at that time and remember, yeah, the pain that those who worked so hard to build this amazing temple of the word how, how heartbroken they must have been. And yet, it is now inscribed in the ethers, along with this amazing journey of Christ into incarnation. You can think about how when Steiner first came to that land, that Dornock Hill, that was referred to as Blood Hill because it had there had been a decisive battle there for the independence of Switzerland. And he was also able to see with his clairvoyant vision the what was what happened in the ruins of the Hermitage. If you've been to that place, you you, you know what I'm referring to. It's so potent. Uh, a place where Parsifal journeyed. Of course, Parsifal is a title 
And we are all on this journey searching for the Holy Grail. But he also foresaw the burning even before he had placed the foundation stone in the earth for the building of the first Kirtianum. It affected him deeply. He, he actually became ill for a day, but then he rose from his sick bed and without telling anyone what he saw, he went forward and he gathered people from all nations to come together to, to co-create, to carve and bring the, the essence of the spiritual realities through art to create this, this beautiful structure, not like anything else ever seen on earth. And yet we know there's the connection between the temple of, of Artemis temple of Ephesus as well. And so with this, this burnt sacrifice, we have much to, to think about because of the foundation stone that was laid in the ground in 1913 was able to rise like a phoenix out of the smoke and fire and be reborn as the dodecahedron of love in the hearts of all who strive to bring anthroposophia to life within them. And now a hundred years later, what was inscribed in the ethers can come forth and be active in us. There's a Rosicrucian maxim that speaks about how every year, every hundred years, the temple or the, the, the tomb of Christian Rosenkreuz is opened. And what was placed in there, a seed, an, an impulse that wasn't quite ready, can now be brought into fruition. And so now we can contemplate this etheric temple. We can enter it and be there together in this etheric realm where the Christ is revealing himself for us. And our work is to, to receive this and to perceive this. And so what was laid in the ground is resurrected. And we also know that, that the, the statue of the representative of humanity, that Christ figure, that holds in balance the adversarial powers that survived. And so that is calling us for the future. It's, it's now that we must remove the veil and see behind there the new Isis, that we can marry love and wisdom and bring that forth as we work toward the refounding of the Anthroposophical Society, which that can be our work for this year. So very, very potent holy nights, so much to, to contemplate. And this being the epiphany, it always, it always makes me happy to think of, of how we can define this festival as uh, being a sudden intuitive insight into the essential meaning of reality, 
right? Epiphany is like a revelation. It's a, that, that light bulb moment. And it, it's also described in connection to the, the appearance or a manifestation of a deity. And that certainly was the case with Joan of Arc, who was born on January 6th as well. And this Christic warrior, yeah, we, we, we need to bring the mood of this being in, for she also has a connection with an offering of the fire, born on Epiphany. So that'll be the first part of what we'll contemplate in our time together here. But in the festival year, this Epiphany is also called Three Kings Day. When after following the Star of Bethlehem, the students of Zarathustra bring their gifts to their reincarnated teacher. And so we'll, we'll talk about the, the priest kings and the star. And the most sublime, what the Eastern Orthodox still hold dear, the occult truth that Epiphany commemorates the manifestation of Christ at the baptism in the Jordan, the birth of the cosmic Christ on earth. This mighty moment, which is just a, for us a seed that continues to be unfolding. So yeah, to start with Janine Joan, right? This is a feminine form of Johannes. So we see here this connection with the Johannes bow, with the name John, right? which we see in the case of John the Baptist, and also with Lazarus, who becomes John after his initiation. And Johannes being the, the name of the main character in the mystery dramas. So yeah, Joan of Arc, such a powerful force. We worked with this being uh, for a couple years uh, a while ago. And Steiner speaks of her as being a Christ-filled Sibyl, prophetic. She was the herald of the consciousness soul age, a Christ-imbued Michaelic warrior. But the miracle of her birth is really a lot to consider here. You know, because she went through a sort of pre-earthly initiation during the potent time of the 13 Holy Nights, incarnating on Epiphany, the very day that the Christ came into human being at the baptism. So to bring the mood of this, this amazing young woman, pure innocence and courage into these these moments and when I was thinking about uh, what to bring this evening for our festival at the branch the first thing that popped in my mind was the the hygienic eurythmy uh, that I've been doing since the the, the corona crisis started uh, faith love and hope and of course Steiner gives a wonderful lecture about these, these virtues. 
So tonight we'll be doing those in Eurythmy. But I'd like to bring this little meditation that, that Steiner gave to Ita Wegman that really makes me think of, of Joan of Arc as well. In me, let Christ live and change my breath and warm the course of my blood and shine into my soul being. Thank you, dear Joan of Arc. Yeah, I always picture her along with this Michaela quality, but also the innocence of her sort of prancing around that that beautiful tree that the children would play around when she was when she was young, communing with the elemental beings. So to bring that that beautiful picture in, along with what else we have to, to contemplate on this Epiphany Day. So yeah, let's tune into the Three Kings, the Magi. Uh, Steiner refers to them as the Priest Kings, the Acolytes of Zarathustra, initiated into the wisdom of the stars. The, the, in the Christian community, we hear about the star of grace. And we know that this ancient knowledge needs to be renewed with consciousness so that we can remember that we are meant to have a conversation. We are meant to speak with the stars, the spiritual beings working in the world of the wandering planets and the, the fixed stars in which the secrets of the human soul are also revealed. And I'm reminded of this amazing uh, alignment that we experienced of Jupiter and Saturn, this conjunction that happened in 2020, and how those who work with astrosophy mentioned that the star that the, the Magi were following could have been that same constellation, that same alignment of Jupiter and Saturn, that that was the star that they were following. And so interesting to contemplate what that could mean for us in 2020, for we know that in that year, Easter was canceled. We went into lockdown, the corona crisis. But with any crisis, it's, we see it as an opportunity. It's a signature that we can read. Could this be uh, a clue of the incarnation of Araman occurring now? And can we use the courage of what has been inscribed in the ethers by Joan of Arc to work in this time now, to decipher this message and to be prepared for what's ahead. So to think of these priest kings that we, that we hear about in the, the Gospel of Matthew, we could ask ourselves, who, who are these magi? Well, Steiner speaks of them as initiates of the various cultural epochs. 
So they're representatives of the Lumerian, the Atlantean, and the post-Atlantean epochs. Casper is uh, the representative of Lumeria. He's portrayed as a Moor, the king of Africa. And he brings the gift of myrrh. And we hear in the Gospel of John how Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus bring a large amount of myrrh and aloe to anoint the body of Christ after the deed on Golgotha. Myrrh is a preservative, but it also uh, holds this mystery of the victory of life over death. And then we have Balthazar, connected with the mysteries of Atlantis, coming from Arabia, Asia, India. And he offers incense, this powerful resin from a tree. And of course, when that is burnt, when it becomes a burnt offering, it creates an, an atmosphere of reverence. It creates a sacred space. Center talks of it as being a universal symbol of initiation. Um, in the, the incense that, that we use in the Christian community, frankincense is part of that recipe to this day. And then we have Melchior. He's often portrayed as a Persian. But Sander speaks of him as representing uh, a, a, a European. And he brings gold the symbol of the sun, the symbol of wisdom, of royalty, of intelligence. And tonight, as part of our festival, um, we're going to mix, we're going to stir the Three Kings preparation. So we've been doing all of the other preps all year long. And uh, Mark and Pet Petra Zinnaker took the the frankincense and did the grinding on New Year's Eve. That's the, the indication, to grind it on New Year's Eve and then to stir it and spray it on Epiphany. On the borders of your property. So everyone will take home a jar of this and, and go to their places and, and um, create a vortex of, of this wisdom of the earth and celebrate that. So yeah, the 6th of January is also the date of the festival of Osiris, which was celebrated in ancient Egypt. And I think it's important to mention because we are recapitulating the third post-Atlantean epoch. And this festival was uh, commemorating the refinding of Osiris by Isis. So... It's a beautiful and wonderful story uh, that you can get into. I'll just give a little synopsis here that Typhoon or the or evil, the evil set, tricks Osiris and puts him in a coffin and shuts the lid and throws it in the sea. But Isis goes in her boat and travels all over the world looking for him. And on this feast day, finds him. And Steiner calls it a kind of universal baptism, a rebirth from out of the water. 
So we know that Osiris being a sun god was a sort of a prefiguring of what was to come with the, the Christ impulse. So this rebirth out of the water, which brings us to the baptism. I'd like to uh, bring the story from the fifth gospel that Steiner gives around this, you know, uh, right at uh, the beginning of the pandemic, a large group of us from all over the world were working with reading, doing a study of the fifth gospel. And we, we loved it so much. We continued all the way through Easter, through, through the Holy Nights, all the way till, till Easter. And then when, um, we had a presentation by Adriana Colius. She mentioned the power of the fifth gospel. And so some of us have also been working with it this year. My husband and I read it in the evenings. And this particular passage has always been uh, so dear to my heart. And it really gives us this picture of Jesus of Nazareth in his 24th year. And he doesn't realize yet that that. He is the you know, reincarnation of Zarathustra. He knows that something happened when he was 12, that there was this merging that occurred. And he could still sort of remember those innocent times. And, but then this coming in of wisdom and then these journeyings that he, that he went through where he would study with the, the, the rabbis, hoping to learn the wisdom of the, the Hebrew people but discovering that, that many, that all were not able to receive the, the, the voice of, of God anymore. And in Hebrew, it's called the bath kol, which translates to mean the voice of the daughter. So we can see here this wisdom of the Sophia. They were not able to access that anymore. And the pain that that brought this young man, and he found some wonderful uh, mystery teachings, the doctrines of the, the Essenes, but also saw there that by keeping themselves separate, they empowered the adversarial beings to, to um, you know, bring illness and strife to the people outside the gates. And that brought anger to him and, and pain of feeling this, this, uh, this rift that had occurred, where even if he, 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 even if Elijah would have come, no one would be able to hear his voice. And so Steiner gives this this amazing picture of of going to this pagan temple where it used to be so powerful. The the rites of Mithras were so strong, bringing the the sun powers in, but now they were had fallen into decadence and were in incorporated now by demonic powers and yet the people they they clung they didn't know what to do they they it brought them sickness many people had leprosy you know we have to remember this was the the time of the archangel or Raphael. so many people suffered from this and he saw their their pain and their suffering and and all of it that he held inside of him that was making him frustrated and and angry it, it transformed in him and it became compassion and love and he and the people saw this this love radiating out from him and they thought oh this is our priest and they they grabbed him and they pulled him up to the 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 altar thinking that he could give them the rights again 
the adversarial powers were so strong that he he fell into a swoon and he was able to ascend into the sun sphere where he perceived the Christ being waiting to come into the earth. And he remembered his incarnation as Zarathustra and how that was what the work was that he did in his working with the mystery of the, the stars at that time. And when he awoke, he took himself back from his long journeying to his mother, the Matthew Mary, and poured out his soul to her. He emptied all of that pain that he's been carrying, the burden of humanity, and laid it on the altar of the mother. And this affected her so much. She took it in so deeply that the, the, the spirit of the Luke Mary, the pure paradisical Eve that had incarnated into her was now part of her. For the Matthew Mary was the reincarnation of Eve, the oldest woman. And so now she was reunited with that part of her that had separated off and went into the spiritual world, just like a part had separated off from Adam to become the Nathan soul. And so she was connected again with this pure part of herself, which again was connected to the divine Sophia. So she came into wholeness. And Steiner says she became virgin once again, this idea of, of wholeness. And after having emptied himself in this way, Jesus of Nazareth felt this loosening of his ego, that Zarathustra part of himself started to loosen from the, the astral, etheric, and physical sheaths of the Nathan Jesus that he had incorporated into. And in this, this state, he made his way, walking 12 days, which again signifies the 12 holy nights, to the Sea of Galilee, where he was able to meet John the Baptist and receive the Christ at the baptism in the Jordan. And when that happened, the ego of Zarathustra left the vessel and made it empty and ready for the Christ to come forth, to come into. And Steiner says the, the right translation of the utterance, the resounding that happened from the heavens is, this is my son imbued with my love in whom I manifest myself. So now we see this, this beginning of this incorporation, this, this, well, not an incorporation, a complete incarnation of Christ that takes three years to go all the way into the bones. But this connection now with the full Trinity has now been graced upon the earth, the sun connecting us to the father ground of the world and with the wisdom of the Sophia, which comes at Whitson. And so 
this epiphany time, this time of, of insight, this time of assimilating all the power that we've received during these holy nights. May it bring us the courage of Joan of Arc and the wisdom of the priest kings. May we say, Christ in me, as we go forth into 2023 and the refounding of anthroposophy, the joining of our karma with the karma of Rudolf Steiner and with the movement, the spiritual beings behind anthroposophy, behind this powerful spiritual science, science, art, spirituality coming together in us. Blessings, dear friends, and Happy New Year.